It's My Nerd World. And welcome to it, episode 161 on the show this week. Hey, guess what? We still don't have a title. I don't know why we still don't have a title for episode 9. But that doesn't mean we don't have things to talk about. I was invited onto another podcast. I will tell you which one it was and how much fun I had. We'll talk a bit about J.J. Abrams and the comment that he made last week to Ash Crossan and how he hopes you're going to feel when you walk out of episode 9. Star Wars isn't real life. The same rules don't apply. A lot of Galaxy's Edge news, the theme park expansion for Disney. We'll talk a bit about that. We will talk about why there's no title for 9 and what that might mean about the title itself. And then, of course, a ton of listener feedback. Let's get to it. Nothing will stand in our way. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I will finish what you started. Who are you? I'm no one. There are stories about what happened. It's true. All of it. The Force. Calling to you. My nerd road. Just let it in. You know, the hard part about loving Star Wars is that you don't want to watch anything else. It's true. Like I, I head into the weekend, and I've got you know a rack behind me. It's like a two. It's one, two, three, four, five, ten. It's ten shelves, and I don't know. There's like thirty Blu-rays on each single one, and you know I, I find myself just wanting to watch Star Wars. Now, oddly, I haven't watched any Star Wars yet this weekend, so um, I think that may have to change this evening, just because I've been so immersed in the galaxy far, far away today that I uh, can only end the day, right, watching watching Star Wars. So welcome to the show. Glad you're with us, with me, with you, with us. As always, you can drop me an email, talkshownerd at gmail.com, or leave a comment on YouTube. Many of you have, and we have another big listener feedback portion of the show this week. I do want to take just a moment and say thank you again for listening to the show. I had an opportunity to go on another podcast uh, today. I'll talk uh, about who that was, Girls with Sabers, uh, and how much fun I had with Girls with Sabers. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit a little bit later on. But I was when talking with them um, about the show and how long I've been doing it now. Uh, it, I was reminded of how much the show has grown in the past year, uh, and that's because of you and you listening. And I'll repeat what I said on that uh, on that show, Girls with Sabers. Uh, and that is, you know, I've been doing radio for 24 years, and um, I, I love what I do for a living. Don't misunderstand, but uh, I get so um, uh, I get so tickled. I don't know, it's a better word. Uh, it's just cool uh, when people reach out be- because of Star Wars. 
Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I really get over talking about politics. So this is a nice reprieve from that every single every single week. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to talk a little Galaxy's Edge, as I mentioned before. Um, I'm going to expand upon some of the comments that I made on the other podcast, Girls with Sabres, coming up. First off, though, I want to start off with J.J. Abrams. And last week, um, actually, I have the audio for those that missed it. Um, let's, um, let's go ahead and re and we'll, we'll, we'll play it again in case you missed the audio from last week. No, 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 Ben. I'm sorry. No, no, Ben. That was last week's show. No, Ben. (laughs) We talked about this last week with you and Ray. So sorry. No, that wasn't, that was, I'm sorry. I, I, you can't control the man. You know, he's, you know, he, he's got a thing for Ray. And and how can you how can you blame him? So this is what J.J. Abrams had to say had to say last week. I'm going to skip forward. For it is to always bring a, a here we go. Of like the, the sort of most interesting artists from the U.S. and Ireland together. This was J.J. Abrams' wife first talking to Ash Crosland, and then Ash ends up talking ends up talking to uh, J.J. about uh, yeah, about episode nine. Now, JJ, I got to ask you, you just wrapped episode nine. That photo made me emotional just looking at it. Can you talk about that moment on set, wrapping that film? Uh, it was actually a, a pretty emotional thing, but uh, the, the, the cast and crew just did an unbelievable job, and I just cannot wait for you to see what, uh, what, what we got going for you. Yeah, I got to ask you because, you know, The Last Jedi, people reacted to it how they did. Did that change the way that you approached episode nine at all? Did which? Um, did the way that you approached episode nine, was that affected by the way that people reacted to The Last Jedi at all? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that every movie is its own movie, and obviously this is a, a, a trilogy. Um, we brought to that movie all, all the the passion and, and, and hard work that, that we would have no matter what. So I, I think, uh, you know, I think the story speaks for itself. I, I really, truly can't wait for you to see it. Can I just ask you about directing Billy D. Williams as Lando and what that was like for you? Because I know you're a big fan, but we get to see him as Lando again. I'd met him once before, and, and he was such a sweet guy. But I got to tell you, I have such unbelievable respect for him. Uh, we had a, we had a great time, and he was uh, he was wonderful. I mean, everyone on set had this. He just had this aura around him. Um, he's really an incredible man and an incredible actor. Can you give me kind of like maybe a word or something we're going to feel going out of this movie? Because we've seen, you know, two other um, Star Wars trilogies come to a close. How does this stack up compared to, you know, Sith and Jedi? Uh, you'll have to determine that, you know, yourself. But um, I, I, uh, well, I, I, I really can't wait for you to see it. And there, there, are, there are a lot of words that we all hope that you feel. Um, and, uh, and, and obviously the, the, the biggest, most important one I think is, is satisfied. And fans are just clamoring for that title. Can you give us any kind of hint of when we're getting it? But listen, but it's really fun talking to you, though. It's really great talking to you, too. <laughs> Stay warm tonight. <laughs> so, you know, I talked about this last week, and I'll bring it up again uh, just because it stuck out and there isn't any new news. We haven't really had any leaks this week either, but he does say the most important thing is you're walking away satisfied. And... I believe that that was the most genuine portion of the interview. It seemed pretty clear that he didn't really want to get into any of the backlash in regards to The Last Jedi or feed any of that. That was the impression that I got when at... I mean, that was a fair question for Ash to to ask him. Um, but, it, but it was clear that J.J. in that moment really didn't want to 
didn't want to extrapolate on it further. I just I thought it was really interesting that he said the most important thing is satisfied. And when it comes to the sequel trilogy, uh, the first for The Force Awakens, it was a return to what we were used to, practical effects, uh, the old way of doing things. Uh, clearly, in the run-up, they wanted the commentary surrounding the film to be, you know, the the nostalgia that you long for. We're going to give it to you again in The Force Awakens, right? And then with The Last Jedi, which was absolutely true, it was, you know, this is going to be shocking. And um, Daisy Ridley says that in the behind the scenes. You know, oh my gosh. Uh, he wrote a story that was shocking, but but right. I don't know if the satisfied comment uh, about how we're supposed to feel walking out of the movie is going to be the the line that gets used, like return to nostalgia or like shocking. I just thought of everything that was said. That was the most genuine. That was the most genuine thing that JJ said. And to me, that kind of gets a bit into the mindset of JJ Abrams and how in the force awakens, he had talked about, they wanted to delight, right? The movie, they, they, they wanted the movie to be delightful. What would delight them? I know what that, I know what that feels like. When I wrote my my book, Embark, and I started writing those stories, um, I did it because I wanted to write something that was going to delight me, that was going to excite me. So the fact that he says he wants us to be satisfied, I think, does tell us something. That he wants the audience to walk away from, that, from, from episode 9 going, yeah, that was a good finale to all of these movies. And that's going to be a, a difficult task while they put this movie together. This is really different. I mean, each movie has a role in and of itself, but episode nine being the last one, I mean, if you botch the last one, that's tough, right? That's a tough thing to to rebound from. So I just wanted to take a moment and talk a bit about that. I mean, it's, it's hard. We don't really have anything else to chew on right now. Um, they've been completely silent on episode nine. I think this is a very strange thing at the moment that they've been so silent on episode nine. And I'll get into this a little bit more when we talk a bit about Galaxy's Edge news and how I, I turned a corner this week. But walking away from episode nine satisfied, that's going to mean a lot of different things for a lot of different a lot of different people. And I was talking with, and again, I was on Girls with Sabres uh, earlier today, and I'm sure the show will be up uh, later this week. And just a, a fantastic time with them. You can follow them um, at Girls W Sabres on Twitter, um, and then you find their YouTube page. Their YouTube page, Girls with Sabres, they do just a fantastic job, and and uh, their love of Star Wars, these characters and the stories shows through in every single episode that they do. And I get a real big kick out of going on other shows, um, whether it's Girls with Sabres or whether it's Knights of Vader with, with Zach. Uh, because I host this show alone and because I'm one of the hosts of my weekly radio show on Twin Cities News Talk here in, in Minneapolis, I get a really big kick about being the guy who's kind of asked questions as opposed to having to lead the whole thing, walking into a discussion unprepared and letting those that have invited me on sort of dictate where the story's going to gonna go. And we talked a little bit about this. We talked a little bit about the finale 
of episode nine and and what that could mean. One of the examples that I brought up when I was talking uh, with Girls with Sabres was at the end of Alien 3, regardless of how you feel about that film, and we discussed this a bit about how the director's cut of that David Fincher movie is really, really good. Um, But the end of, of Alien 3 is really cool. The way that David Fincher builds up the tension with this really dramatic music bringing about the finale of that movie and you get these various shots throughout the complex of where the movie takes place on this on this planet and doors closing and and empty rooms it really is uh impactful it's powerful uh it's one of my favorite parts of that movie is the very very end of that film And I imagine that we could get something very similar at the end of episode nine, returning to locations that we visited throughout all nine of these films, but maybe didn't visit in episode nine. And I'll expand upon this a little bit further. I'm going to be pulling quite a bit from what I talked about with girls with with saber uh, with uh, with sabers today. Um, But it was interesting and kind of funny because in retrospect. I used Alien 3 as the example when really the example could be um, not only, well, I I mean, the example could be Return of the Jedi, especially with the special edition and the additions of going back to Naboo and going back to Coruscant. Um, That makes me think that we probably won't be going back to those locations in episode nine, but maybe we will be going and revisiting certain locations at the end of, of, of episode nine that we did in the original trilogy. Does all that, does that make sense? So at the end of Return of the Jedi, you know, we went to Tatooine, we went to Coruscant, uh, the whole thing took place on Endor, uh, we went back to Naboo, why does everybody want to go back to Naboo? Um, I don't see them duplicating that in nine, but what I do see is perhaps some of our characters end up at particular locations that haven't been used in the finale and weren't was, weren't used in the finale of episode nine. And I got into a bit of this last week too, in in talking about how uh, I was I was thinking that maybe the movie would bring us full circle and we would go back to Naboo, back to where it all started. Maybe that's where it would end, or maybe we will go back to Tatooine. And I still think that's a possibility. But I do think it makes more sense that we go back to Jakku because that's the core planet that we started for this particular trilogy. That makes a heck of a lot more sense. And one of the things that we talked about today on Girls with Sabres was the fact that if it's true that J.J. Abrams shoots his films in order, and we know that uh, certainly based off of the photo that he released, uh, that behind-the-scenes photo that he released when they wrapped up filming... um it would make some sense that we would be going back to Jakku at the beginning of episode nine, because that would certainly mirror how return of the Jedi ended up starting by going back to Tatooine. Cause that's where I think JJ Abrams is going to have, have the echoes. Um, I think there'll be some familiarity with return of the Jedi, but I think it's going to be very subtle. I don't think JJ is going to be as, Oh, echoey is not the right word, but I don't, you know, a lot of people, we talked about this before, they talked about how The Force Awakens was very reminiscent of the original trilogy in a lot of different ways, and I agree, and we're supposed to be getting some type of snow planet in episode nine, Um, but I think that 
perhaps in the way that the movie is is framed, the way that it plays out, will start off at a place like Jakku again, just like we went back to Tatooine in Return of the Jedi. And the end of the film is going to be perhaps a ground battle on this jungle planet that we've heard about, um, along with maybe a separate battle and certainly a space battle. I expect uh, I expect all of those things to... I expect all those things to happen. I'm going into episode nine going, I bet in terms of a technical matter of places that we visit, there's going to be a lot of similarities on that front and it won't be quite as direct, even though I don't think that Force Awakens was that direct, but I know a lot of people do to the original trilogy and specifically A New Hope. We are the spark that'll light the fire that'll burn the first order down. All right, I have a couple of different a couple of different things that I want to cover in this section um, before we talk a bit, and this is all kind of leading into the all the Galaxy's Edge news that dropped this week, and also the fact that we don't have a title. And I'm uh, this is a little freeform. Uh, the whole show is a little bit freeform, but this is what happens when you don't have any new news to chew on and this is kind of what I'm what I want to zero in on for for a few minutes I don't believe that the the content creators that the writers um of the of the of the stories and the story group I don't believe for a second that their creation of these stories is in any way shape or form um, dictated by social networking, the fandom, and comments made on on podcasts. The social sphere. We'll just call it, for the sake of argument, the social sphere. I don't think that the content in and of itself is dictated in any way by commentary in the social sphere. I do think that promotion is dictated by the social sphere, I do think that it can change based off the commentary in the social sphere. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that fact and think that they have the power to change things within the social sphere because of the reaction that marketing has. And I hope that makes sense. I am of the opinion right now that we are currently starved for Episode 9 news. Specifically because they're starving us for Episode 9 news. They're trying to put as much of a gap in the movies from Solo to 9 and the promotion of 9 as they possibly can. And that's why the marketing route has completely changed from anything that we've known prior. There's a part of me that feels like the the minority backlash to the last Jedi is directly in proportion with the lack of episode 9 news. That is to say that if people would quit complaining about the last Jedi, we would have had some episode 9 news by uh by now. But the reality is I really do think that Disney, Lucasfilm, Bob Iger realized that a part of the power of Star Wars is time, is a distance between projects. And I think a year is a good is a good chunk of time. 
right now I think that they're, and I mentioned this last week, for me personally, I think that every week that goes by leading into Celebration that we don't have something new for Episode 9 to talk about, um, I think that for the hardcore fans like myself and for the people on Reddit, you're opening up the door for bad speculation and you're opening up the door for speculation based off of false reporting and leaks that occur. There's a ridiculous story going around right now that George Lucas somehow is guiding some of episode 9 as it relates to Luke Skywalker. Like, George Lucas has been brought in to fix episode 9 and 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 Luke Skywalker. And it all started with Mike Zero, for those that know who he is. And I'm a big proponent of free speech. I respect the First Amendment and think that it should be defended to the nth degree. That being said, I wish there was more backlash to Mike Zero. Because the guy is a liar. It's just... There's, there is no denying it. The guy is a liar. And unfortunately, a lot of different outlets, like we got this covered and the Express UK, because they know they can get clicks. They know that they can make money by reporting even just flat out lies. He ends up continuing to make up stuff and make money. And I, and I wish there was more of a backlash in the fandom to to that so that that would stop because it's not healthy it's not good for the fandom putting out a story that is a straight up lie that George Lucas is coming back to fix Luke Skywalker in episode 9 does not help the fandom that hurts now i think there's an argument to be said that you me the majority of the fans know that's a lie and it doesn't matter the only people that are getting fed off of it or being fueled by it are those that don't like The Last Jedi anyways and actually think that George Lucas does need to come in and fix Luke Skywalker in Episode Nine. That in and of itself, by the way, is so ridiculous. I, I, I mean, it, we're all content creators, right? Those of us that host these podcasts. When you go onto Reddit and you speculate, you're creating a, a bit of content. You're partaking in the conversation, Right. Any one of us that has spent any time in this universe could go and write Luke Skywalker and do a pretty good job because we know that character so well. What I'm trying to say is you don't need George Lucas to come in and fix Luke Skywalker because J.J. Abrams can do and Chris Terrio can do an absolutely fine job. Not to mention the fact that Ryan Johnson did an amazing job because that's the story that Ryan Johnson wanted to tell. And it's a story that, depending on how you look at Luke Skywalker, abs- absolutely goes and... And works. Ken Napsok, who I like quite a bit. He's one of the few voices left on Collider Movie Talk that I actually really uh, do do appreciate. He made a fantastic comment about how he treats Star Wars and the content. And it was this. I constantly say on the show that I have my own ideas of what I'd like to see, specifically in Episode Nine. But whatever they end up doing, I will be totally okay with. I really appreciate the way that Kem Knapsack put it. He put it like this. Same thing. You know, I have the stories that I'd like to see. But when the story is told, I look at that as a historical document. He looks at The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi or Resistance uh, or Rebels. That's just what happened. 
That's just the story that ended up being told. And I really appreciate that outlook, and that's exactly the same way that I look at these movies. Even if I don't agree with the choices that were made, well, that's just what happened. Same thing with Game of Thrones. And I actually view all of my movie watching in in this way. When I watch, um, regardless of what type of story uh, story it is. Now, there are stories that aren't good. There are movies that aren't good. But for franchises and for universes that I really like, I just take that as, that's what happened. Even though it might not have been exactly what I wanted to see happen, that's what happened. And I think that's, for me, I think that's a really, really healthy way to go and assess and digest these these movies and this content you look at it because we live in we live and breathe this stuff you look at it as historical as historical content and i just thought that was so i that was so you i was jealous <laughs> i was i'm like oh man i wish i had come up with that because that's how i feel i just had never put it into the, in the into those words before that's i watched the last jedi and that's just what happened I watched The Force Awakens, and that's just just what happened. And I also think that that um, is another way that you can look at some of the backlash to specifically The Last Jedi is I think a lot of those people that have a hard time with the way that Luke was portrayed, they are unwilling to accept that as being historically accurate uh, because their own version is so different than what they envision. They can't they can't go and get uh, and get past it. So, keeping that in mind, okay, um, in talking with girls with sabers today, uh, we, uh, we got into an interesting discussion about, about Ben Solo, uh, Kylo Ren, right? And I, and, I, uh, and I mentioned this to them that I kind of pick and choose how I refer to, to Kylo or Ben depending on what movie I'm talking about in the particular situation. Like if we're talking about force shipping between with with Ray, then I'm going to probably refer to him as Ben, right? Uh, if we're talking about uh, a lot, most of the circumstances in uh, the Force Awakens, then I'm talking about then I'm talking about Kylo Ren. But keeping in mind this idea that this is just what happened, uh, these are we're, we're looking at historical documents. Reminds me a little bit of Galaxy Quest, right? The historical documents. Um, Star Wars ain't real life and the same rules don't apply. Specifically when it comes to talking about Ben Demption and those that want to argue that Ben Solo can't be redeemed because he's gone too far down the dark side, killing his father if he he indeed did do that and it wasn't Han Solo going and igniting the, uh, the, the lightsaber, and I think that's up for debate. I know that J.J. had some things to say about that in the commentary, as did the novel, but I still think there's, a, there's kind of a question mark there as to whether or not Ben was actually going to go through with it or whether or not Han Solo was actually trying to help his son in that moment. But... Star Wars has a different set of rules that don't apply to our world. Death and murder doesn't mean the same thing that it does in the real world that it does in Star Wars. And the girls on Girls with Sabres really laid it out because they talked about like Poe Dameron essentially would have killed the most people out of everybody if we were sort of tallying up the number of individuals that were murdered. So to that, I think there's absolutely every... 
there's a bunch of different ways that Ben Solo can end up being redeemed. Um, even though he's murdered people and he had a kitty litter box that he put his helmet in that were apparently the ashes of his of his victims, in exactly the same way that Darth Vader ended up being redeemed, even though he died at the end, uh, considering the fact that he killed a whole bunch of, of younglings. The same rules just don't apply. And that also rings true when it comes to relationships as well. Or just shipping. Raylo, the Raylo ship. Right, the same rules don't apply. I've heard people argue that it's a codependent relationship, and it's not good for Rey to be involved with somebody like that, and she doesn't love herself enough. It's Star Wars. It's a galaxy far, far away, and the same rules do not apply. And I don't think enough people kind of sit back and realize that. And most of that is because of the social sphere, because we have the ability to put our our voices out there, and because if you go on Twitter and you put in episode nine and search that hashtag or search just episode nine you can't help but see a whole bunch of individuals complaining about the last jedi over and over again it's completely unavoidable whereas when i was growing up as a kid and watching the original trilogy you didn't have any of that we just talked about it amongst our friends we didn't bother to go and argue whether or not you know luke skywalker could have held his breath for as long as he did being dragged underwater by the dianoga inside the trash compactor you release Star Wars today, and you're going to have it here a discussion on Twitter about how there's no way that Luke could have gone and held his breath that long in the trans compactor when the Diagnoga dragged him under, right? But that all requires a lot of personal responsibility on your part to digest that information and dismiss the stuff that you don't want to go and, and pay attention to. And I think society will eventually catch up to that. As a talk show host, I've had to do that for 24 years, and I've gotten a little bit better at doing it. Not great, but I've gotten a little bit better at dismissing the negativity. I think for a lot of people, it's a brand new thing to have somebody essentially in your cyber face. Because that's what it is. When you go on to YouTube and you see a bunch of videos because the algorithms is showing you videos of Star Wars because you watch a lot of Star Wars YouTube videos... It's almost impossible to avoid the videos that are largely negative and criticizing Star Wars. And when you go onto Twitter and people go and randomly comment on a positive post that you may put up about the Last Jedi, it kind of is the equivalent of somebody walking up to the walking up to you on the street and getting in your face and making a comment. You would dismiss that in public. And it should be dismissed on Twitter as well, but it's a lot harder thing to deal with because you're not used to having somebody coming up and getting into your face in public, right? That doesn't happen very often. And hopefully that we in society and pop culture eventually end up catching up and doing a better job of sort of filtering that garbage and stuff out. So now that I've gone completely down this road and on a tangent, I got to kind of bring it back to, to, to where I was, to where I was heading initially. Okay. And this brings me to the Galaxy's Edge news that dropped this week. And the, I'll be honest, the problem that I had this week and how I ended up turning a corner. So there was a, there was a breaking news video that was done by the Star Wars show for, Galax, for Galaxy's Edge. And there was commentary about Galaxy's Edge on the Star Wars show. And we still don't have a title for Episode Nine. And I know for me, the most important thing right now are the stories. The thing that matters to me the most is episode nine and not having even a title to chew on. As I mentioned last week, it can be frustrating. 
And I try to remain positive. I mean, you know that. You you comment often on this show on the about how much you appreciate the positivity on this show. And I really, really appreciate that. So when all this Galaxy's Edge news dropped this week, I was kind of scratching my head going, okay, I, not to be rude, I kind of don't care. Uh, I'm not going to be able to go to the parks for quite a long time. You know, a couple of years at least. I have family who lives in Southern California, so hopefully I have a chance to go. But who knows what kind of wait list there's going to be to actually get into Galaxy's Edge and what percentage of the fandom is going to be able to get into Galaxy's Edge. It wasn't until I listened to Clayton uh, uh, Clayton Sandell from, from, uh, from ABC. He joined uh, the Resistance podcast. And they spent about an hour talking about his visit along with a whole bunch of the press corps to Galaxy's Edge. And I really turned a corner and got excited for Galaxy's Edge, even though I know that I'm not going to be going there soon. And I got excited because it's clear that the Disney Imagineers and the story group and the content creators really, really, really do care about the content to the point where they put their heart and soul into Galaxy's Edge to make it a true Star Wars experience as best they could and as genuine and, and, and authentic as they could. And listening to Clayton Sandell, expl- Sandell explain how when you walk in and see the Millennium Falcon for the first time, you'll be standing in almost exactly the same spot. And the perspective will be almost exactly the same as it was for Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi when they first see the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope on, uh, on, in, uh, in Mos Eisley. And you hear that, and it, 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 gives, it, gives me, you know, it gives me goosebumps. You hear about how when you walk out of these rides, you're not going to be walking into a gift shop. You'll just be walking back out into the universe. You hear how everything will be will be themed and people will be in character and they want this to be a, a genuine, and again, I'll use that word, authentic uh, experience. And it got me not just excited for Galaxy's Edge, but it got me just excited again for Star Wars even though we didn't have anything for episode nine to chew on. And that was cool. That was really cool because I didn't like feeling like it didn't matter. I didn't like having all this news drop and acting like I, and and feeling like I didn't care. And I made a choice to specifically listen because I like Clayton Sandell a lot. He comments on Twitter quite a bit and uh, I've listened to him on other podcasts before. So, um, I was really glad that I was able to do something that doesn't happen very often, and that is have a change of opinion and sort of a change of heart. And it got me excited for Episode Nine all over again. Plus, they showed a brand-new um, TIE Fighter there, the TIE Fighter Echelon. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's kind of a combination of a standard TIE Fighter and Kylo Ren's command shuttle. Uh, there's a couple of uh, of uh, pictures of it up on uh, on Reddit. And they said that that may end up actually being in... Um, episode nine, which I thought was was pretty awesome as well. So uh, again, I I just I I, I kind of get it now. I hope that this is the clearing of the way for episode nine news. Um, 
I hope that maybe we get a title next week heading into Captain Marvel on Friday. I don't think we're going to. And if we don't get a title next week, maybe there's a chance we get a title by the end of March and then the teaser going into celebration. But I think there's a good chance that we may not even get a title until celebration. And I can't help but wonder if that's because the title uh, is in and of itself kind of a spoiler and they're not ready yet to go and reveal that. I obviously could be completely wrong about that. Uh, I just do find it very odd that they haven't given us the, the title yet. And this is the longest that we've ever had to wait for any Star Wars movie for an uh, for a title uh, to one of the films. Now, looking at the calendar, and I have it right here in front of me, we have Captain Marvel coming out on Friday. So I doubt Disney, and we know that Bob Iger does think about these things, right? Clearly they thought about it when it came to to Solo, and he made the mistake of forcing Lucasfilm to release it when they did, and it didn't work out well. Um, so when you look at when you when you look at the calendar and Captain Marvel and the fact that they're probably not going to want to go and take any any hype away from that, then I doubt that we'll get any any Star Wars Nine information, specifically a title this week. You can probably rule out the week after because they're still going to be promoting. Uh, Captain Marvel. Okay, so it comes out the eighth, so that takes you to the fifth to sue the so the fourth to the eighth, probably not. Eleven to the fifteenth, probably not. So that brings you to you have the nineteenth, the twenty-sixth, the second, and then you are into let's see, the ninth. So the ninth is the week of celebration. So if we get a title, my guess would be that it's either gonna drop on the weekend of the nineteenth. Um, that would be, I'm sorry, we'll start with Mondays. So that would be the 18th, uh, the 25th, or maybe the 1st. But honestly, if we don't have it by March 25th, then they're going to be, and they're going to end up holding out on the, on the title until, until celebration. Uh, and Girls with Sabres made that point saying, you know, maybe they want to do like a one-two punch where they want that trailer to be as to have maximum impact. So the trailer gets dropped and right at the end of the t- of the trailer, we get the title all at the same time. I think that's a bit of a mistake. I think you can do a one-two punch. And I also think that the fandom needs something else to talk about right now. So if I were in Vegas and I were betting money, I bet that most likely we'll still get the title before celebration. It'll probably take place either the eight, the weekend of March or the week of March eighteenth or March twenty-fifth. And that'll be sort of the first anything for episode nine to set the stage, to get everybody buzzing, leading into celebration, uh, coming up just a few weeks later. I need someone to show me my place in all this. And that brings us to listener feedback this week. As always, thank you so much for all of the comments that you leave the show. You can do that on YouTube. You can also email me, talkshownerd at gmail.com. Let's dive right into it. A lot of comments this week that uh, I want to share with you. First one comes from Sierra. Says, John, I think you're right on the money with your theory. Um, The Last Jedi crushed all hopes of Luke being the big badass hero. And people are very salty about it. But that was all fandom expectation rather than what the story has been telling us since TFA. I second 
uh, the opinion that you never needed the original trilogy trio in the sequel trilogy. Uh, the interesting thing is that I feel about the or the original trilogy trio being a part of the sequel trilogy, overshadowing who this story is really um, about the same way that Ben does about his family shadow legacy, uh, legacy frustrated. Uh, L-M-A-O, laughing my ass off. Thank you so much for the comment, uh, Sierra. Uh, let's go to uh, Cortex Zero. <laughs> Pretty simple. Says, hell yeah, new episode. Have an awesome weekend, John. I'll post feedback after, after listening, buddy. Thank you, Cortex. I appreciate that. Um, Skydraphic says, that is exactly the problem. People watched the sequels for seeing their old heroes. They weren't interested in Rey or Kylo or Finn and no because they are bad and not because they are bad characters, but because they are not the real heroes of my era. That's why they were focusing on Luke, and that's why we're focusing on every detail leading to the past concerning Skywalker. Ray's parentage, possible Kenobi Skywalker, Snoke being important to the Skywalker background. All of these things really wouldn't have mattered to you as a viewer if you put the attention on the Ray versus Kylo dynamic, which is what I did. Because there are new protagonists, and this is also why people like I weren't all too confused when Luke suddenly died because it's not his story anymore. Imagine if the prequels had come out first, then people would have uh, had on Return of the Jedi because wouldn't, then people would have had on Return of the Jedi because of uh, of Anakin dying. I think I got that right. And I think there was a misspelling in there. Either way, uh, Sky Traffic, thank you for the comment. I really do appreciate it. Across the Stars says this. They wouldn't have made him so conflictive, built up sympathy for him, and caused everyone who cares about him to go through what they've gone through to bring him back to the light if he wasn't going to be redeemed. Ryan Johnson even posted a, a promotional pic of Kylo on Twitter and captioned it, Look at this sweetheart. Heck, heck yeah, Ben Demption is coming, and also having a romantic Raylo as well would just be the cherry on top. Great show as usual, John. Thank you very much, Across the Stars. Um, Last of the Wilds uh, makes it simple and just says Kylo and Rey equals uh, Endgame. <laughs> Thank you, Last of the Wilds. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Simone Wallen Rhodes says, first off, big fan. I so look forward to these videos every Saturday. I'm longing for some news about Episode Nine and hearing your joy and enthusiasm for Star Wars while we wait cheers me up. Second, I really agree with you on what the Star Wars hate is about. I've thought about this for a while now, but the people who hate The Last Jedi have completely missed the point of the movie. If you don't see or aren't open to Ben Demption or Raylo as the endgame at all, I can see how you would have a really hard time with The Last Jedi. Thank you very much, Simone. Um, J.O.B. writes this. I liked the jokes in The Last Jedi. I did too. Um, Tara G. writes this. If there isn't Ben Demption, I'll just be really disappointed. They set up Kylo Ren still feeling the pull to the light still being pulled to Ben Solo. And like Ryan Johnson said, Kylo is a lot more interesting than being the big bad that Rey has to kill in the end. They currently have an understanding of each other, and I really feel it should be paid off, whether it's romantic or not. And I agree with people focus on a lot of the overarching story about being the original trilogy trio when the story right now is Rey, Ben, and Finn, etc. 
You go into uh, either TFA or The Last Jedi thinking about Luke and Leia and Han and not Rey and company. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. Anyway, I just binged a few of your podcasts, and they're super entertaining. Thank you, Tara G. I really do appreciate that. SJ says this. What if they show the original battle over Jakku in a flashback? That would be rad. Maybe it has something to do with one of the observation centers they set up back then. Yeah, we talked about that at length on um, Girls with Sabres today. Um, ZBH writes this. Speaking of a Raylo playlist, have you seen the Nerdist parody video, um, A Star Wars is Born? Yes, I have, and it's fantastic. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about playing it on the show today, and I forgot. Maybe I'll do it next week. Uh, Misconduct 1 writes this. Laura Santeca states the whole point of the movie at the beginning of The Force Awakens. The First Order rose from the dark side. You did not. I'll show you the dark side. You may try, but you cannot deny the truth that is your family. Kylo is a terrible villain because he's trying to be something that he's not. He's not meant to be the villain. He's not following his destiny. He's meant to be a hero and to follow in the footsteps of his family. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Let's go to uh, You Are Live 321. Oh my goodness, yes, yes. I've totally said the same thing before. The first time I watched TFA, I totally forgot about the whole map plot line. I was so focused on Kylo, who I loved immediately, and Rey, once they finally met and had some sort of relationship. I didn't even realize it until the second viewing. Disney Desi writes this. If they end on Tatooine, I'm guessing Ben is redeemed, but self-exiles himself to the family home, hopefully with Ray by his side. They live out a quiet life Luke dreamt about uh, in the foreword to the Last Jedi novel, a promise, a warning, or both. Juana Valdez says, I think the franchise knows that the fandom critics need something to talk about, and they are purposely, purposefully, Uh, withholding information to punish the negative channels. That's interesting. Some, not you, have forgotten to enjoy a story and are obsessed with telling people how the damn story should go. I feel some satisfaction when I think about how Mike Zero is losing credibility every day. Uh, Every day, he speculates incorrectly about the movie, trailer, release, and promo stuff. I like that the franchise is taking charge. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, the problem with... with, um, with that is that it's it's the tabloid part of it. It's like, you know, that's you have tabloids, and the tabloids always exist, and as long as people still go and click his videos, he'll just keep on doing them. All right, Amanda writes this. Just some thoughts. That trailer for The Force Awakens never grows old for me. Years later, it still gives me goosebumps. The Force is strong with it. Secondly, I still need to watch either uh, TFA or The Last Jedi every week. And my family still thinks I need an intervention. I have fun quoting these movies to them. I wonder if that's part of the problem. Just a couple of things to add support your comments or theories. Laura Santeca was one of the wizards that gives Kylo the whole quest in the story in the very first scene. Uh, And again, repeats the same thing Amanda does. The uh, First Order arose from the dark side. So that certainly does, you know, people constantly pick up on that. And I think that's a very, very relevant point in regards to the future of uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, let's see. His family rose from the light, and his quote is to go back to that light and to recover the light. Finger-touching loving should go on a t-shirt just saying, I'll buy one. Um, let's go to Sheep Cow says, thank you 
for making such wonderful and positive content every week. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, but just made a YouTube account and finally subscribed. At the beginning of the Force Awakens novelization, the author includes a short poem from the Journal of the Wills that I found very peculiar, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. It reads, first comes the day, then comes the light, after the darkness shines through the light. The difference, they say, is only made right by the resolving of the gray through the refined of Jedi sight. Do you think this was perhaps inserted at the request of J.J. Abrams? And what does this mean for the sequel trilogy? For me, this seems like a hint that Raylo is the endgame. With the dark and the light coming together. Thanks for your amazing uh, podcast. Um, You know, I we, we talked a bit about this again earlier today. And, you know, that stuff has to get approved. The, the, that content. And what I think is happening is less that 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 poems like that point to what's going to happen in the films and more the content in the novelization and the comic books is Disney's way of slowly expanding the universe and giving places to go down the road. A poem like that makes sense and is open to a lot of interpretation and has a lot of ambiguity with it. And that in and of itself provides you an opportunity to do some amazing storytelling in the future that may not show up in the current crop of movies that we are experiencing or that have been or that have been filmed. Um, it could certainly point to that. And maybe when episode nine is done, we'll see that a lot of this ancillary material really does and really did go and foreshadow the things that we were going to see in episode uh, in episode nine. But at the um, but at the same time, I also think that there's a possibility that perhaps they're just little breadcrumbs that they can go and use later on. All right, and just one more uh, listener feedback for this week comes from Kyle Bookout, and they write this. Great podcast, new fan here, love the positivity and speculation. The fan base has gotten so salty lately, great much. Good to hear a fan with a balanced and well-thought-out opinions. Endgame, here we come. Thank you very much, Kyle. That is my middle name and the name of my youngest son. All right, and that's it for this week. I still have many comments that I didn't get a chance to get to on this week's show. We'll save them for uh, next week, but thank you so much for writing in. Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes as well. And um, just a quick reminder that if you have not purchased my uh, science fiction book, it was out in November, you can get an ebook, uh, paperback, Kindle Unlimited, and audiobook narrated by me, it's called Embark. It is a space opera. I wrote it because of my love of Star Wars, even though it's not a Star Wars book. Uh, for Earth, the end is near, and only a reluctant hero, flight mechanic, Taft Guardia, and the girl he loves have the power to save humanity's future. It is the first of a trilogy, the second book. I am hard at work at. It will be out in the next few months. But you can go on to Amazon.com, search for John, J-O-N, Justice. You can pick up, the uh, again, the ebook, the paperback. You can read it for free on Kindle Unlimited, or the audiobook is available as well. So please, when you're done listening to the show, go and pick yourself up a copy or buy one for a friend. I would greatly appreciate it, and it's a fantastic way for you to help support the show. Thanks, as always, for writing in. We'll be back again next week, maybe with a title. More than likely not. Looking forward to seeing Captain Marvel, though. And more of your listener feedback and commentary. Until then, uh, may the Force be with you 
always. And here's Obi-Wan Kenobi to also say the same thing. The Force will be with you. Always. My nerd road. <laughs> <laughs>